Taiwan reported 23 imported cases of COVID Sunday, the highest number of imported cases this year. Of the 23, 11 were members of Taiwan's national karate team. The whole team tested negative on November 11th and departed for Dubai on November 13th for the World Karate Championships. On November 23rd, the team went to Kazakhstan for training before participating in the Asian Karate Championships on December 15th. The team returned to Taiwan on the 24th. Traveling with the team was Karate Ka Wen Ziring, who took a bronze medal at the Tokyo Olympics. Though she didn't compete this time, she trained with the team. She said on Sunday that she was fine. As for local cases, there was one on Sunday, a new Taipei man in his 30s who was never vaccinated. He had a CT value of 34.1, reflecting a low viral load. The CECC believes that he was not recently infected. Earlier last week, Hong Kong's chief executive Carrie Lam went to Beijing to meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping at his behest. Instead of looking at what went on in the meeting, the general public focused on the wooden armchair with a dragon motif that she was seated in. A political science scholar said the spectacle was likely a reflection of Xi's insecurity about his power and that the setup was to shore up his image as the ruler of China ahead of the CCP's 20th National Congress. Xi Jinping 指出，一年来，香港由乱到治的局面不断巩固。On December 22nd, Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam met with Chinese President Xi Jinping in Beijing to deliver an annual report. Instead of the content of their dialogue, the public's focus was more on Xi's wooden armchair with a dragon motif and imperial yellow teacups on the table. Experts believed this actually reflected Xi's insecurity about his authority. If his power is really solid and if he really wants to be emperor, he could do so a year from now, right before the 20th National Congress. To sit on the dragon throne now and have pictures of that distributed, to me, that just feels like he's worried about how solid his power is. Since taking office as the CCP General Secretary in 2012, Xi Jinping has ousted political rivals one after another. In 2018, Xi removed the two-term presidency limit enshrined in the Chinese constitution. As his second term as president comes to an end in 2022, many are speculating whether Xi will be voted to stay in power at the 20th National Congress to be convened in the fall of 2022. The latest pictures of him in a dragon-themed armchair have only stoked further speculation. The story in People's Daily overlooks Xi Jinping's reforms over the years. Whether China's internal power is operating stably is something worth observing. Even though Xi Jinping praised Lam, we don't see anywhere in the report mentioning whether Lam will stay on. I think Xi is probably hoping to find someone new to replace her. Experts also said all the signs from the state media's coverage to Carrie Lam's own words pointed to Lam's likely departure from the seat of Hong Kong's chief executive. Her meeting with Xi was both a nod of approval from the central government and a wave goodbye. 
The fourth annual presidential hackathon has come to a close. President Tsai awarded the winners on Sunday and thanked participants for using innovative technologies to provide solutions to the country's most pressing issues. President Tsai also emphasized that the government would continue to collaborate with civil society to make Taiwan a sustainable and resilient island. This year, the presidential hackathon has entered its fourth year. I'd like to congratulate the five excellent teams that have emerged to reach the top. Their proposals cover topics such as energy transition, accelerating decarbonization, conservation of water and ocean habitats, and healthcare. These are all very important policies of Taiwan today. In the face of global issues and challenges, the government will continue to join hands with civil society and, through innovative technologies, turn Taiwan into a sustainable and resilient island. The president said this year was the first time the international track of the competition highlighted climate issues, attracting participants from 15 countries. Seven teams made it to the finals, some with Taiwanese members. Tsai said this represented the strength of Taiwan's civil society, which takes concrete actions to address the global issue of climate change. With the arrival of a cold air mass, frigid temperatures were felt on the entire island Sunday. The lowest temperature of 11 degrees was recorded in Taoyuan, and the outlying island of Mazu saw the mercury dip to 7.4 degrees. Up on Hehuan Mountain in Nanto, it snowed, albeit for two minutes. But those who missed it still have a chance. The Central Weather Bureau says the temperature will be even lower Sunday night and that there's still a chance of snow on high mountains in the north. Despite police officers telling motorists that there were no more parking spaces, traffic was still streaming up to Uling, the highest paved road in the country. With the arrival of the cold air mass, snow chasers have been flocking up the 3,275-meter-high mountain pass in Nanto. But at dawn, no snow had fallen. <laughs> Finally, at 8.50 a.m., something white started falling from the sky. But snow, it wasn't. It was just snow pellets, and it lasted for just five minutes. An upturned umbrella provided the perfect device to catch the rear ice crystals. Some students donned their cap and gown to record the moment. Five minutes later, snow began to fall. The excitement of these netizens of the subtropics is understandable. Even though it snowed for a grand total of two minutes, they were happy they didn't come up here in vain. According to meteorological data, the temperature will reach its lowest point between Sunday night and Monday morning, which means there's still a chance of snow. 
The trend for tonight is that the later it gets, the colder it becomes. Areas north of Miaoli and Jingmen will see lows of 10 degrees or even lower from this evening to the early morning of Monday. This wave of cold air will last until early Tuesday morning. Mountainous areas in the north, especially mountains higher than 2,500 meters, can expect snow, sleet, frost or rime. While the snow chasers were undeterred by the cold, some chose to take a dip in hot spring. The Central Weather Bureau said the temperature will rebound and the sun reappear during the day on Tuesday. Fair weather will last till Thursday. The next wave of cold air will arrive on New Year's Eve, but whether its intensity will reach that of a cold air mass is still uncertain. People planning to head out on New Year's Eve are advised to bundle up. Nearly 4 million Filipinos were devastated by Super Typhoon Rai recently, which incurred infrastructure and agricultural losses of more than 400 million U.S. dollars. In the wake of the storm, the Taiwan government pledged a donation of 500,000 U.S. dollars. On Sunday, Taiwan sent a C-130 military aircraft to Maktan Cebu International Airport carrying 10 metric tons of emergency supplies to help its southern neighbor recover. In a video, relief goods are shown being unloaded from the C-130, which bears the national emblem. Afterward, the Philippine Air Force wrote on Facebook a message of welcome to Taiwan's aircraft on Christmas Day. One of the pictures showed a Taiwanese Air Force pilot holding the national flag in the cabin. There was also a group photo taken on the runway showing Taiwan's representative to the Philippines, Michael Xu, alongside Philippine officials. How did you sleep last night? It seems like an innocuous question, but for people with sleep apnea, it's a painful reminder of a debilitating ordeal. In Taiwan, more than one million people live with sleep apnea, a disorder in which breathing is repeatedly interrupted during sleep. It's a complicated condition to treat, but doctors have found a way to use orthodontics to restore a good night's sleep. We learn more in our Sunday special report. After a long day of work, what's better than settling in for a good night's sleep? For some people, such a pleasure is not always possible as they wake from their slumber more tired than before. It's all because of sleep apnea. Sleep apnea is a disorder that causes a person's breathing to stop during sleep. With no oxygen coming in, the body wakes up repeatedly, resulting in shallow, interrupted sleep. These obstructions to breathing are caused by movements of the mouth and throat during sleep. This is this is the nose, and the air enters through here. This over here is the soft palate, and this is the tongue. This is the opening to the windpipe. The apnea could occur because the air comes in through the nose, but if the nasal cavity is too narrow or the soft palate is pressing back, the air will stop there. If, on top of that, the tongue falls back and blocks the opening of the windpipe, no air will go in at all. This is the opening of the windpipe. It looks like it's all flattened by the root of the tongue. The root of the tongue fell back and is blocking the airway. The other picture shows a normal opening. The air can flow into the windpipe. But in this patient, the air will have trouble flowing in, or it might even be blocked here. More than 1.6 million people in Taiwan have sleep apnea. The incidence is higher for men than for women. It's a riskier disorder when paired with old age or obesity. 
With no other health conditions, sleep apnea generally doesn't cause death, but it can result in bedwetting, acid reflux, memory loss, and personality changes. For many patients, the condition has had an impact on their quality of life. Chen Jiaying is 58, and she hasn't had a good night's sleep in over a decade. Thinking about sleep makes me sad, but right now I'm a little better. When I lie down, it's as if something like the windpipe collapses and doesn't let air in. I feel like I'm drowning, like I'm drowning in bed. Chen has bought countless pillows and mattresses over the years in an attempt to get better sleep. But no matter her posture, she's unable to stay asleep through the night. That, paired with other lung problems, makes Chen feel weaker by the day. At its worst, I basically just sat here with the oxygen watching TV. I couldn't detach myself from the oxygen. It was like being hospitalized. I felt extremely dispirited. I thought, I'm only in my 50s. How much longer am I going to have to endure this? Treatments do exist for sleep apnea. There is surgery to remove overly long soft pellets, as well as positive airway pressure ventilators that dispense oxygen and keep the windpipe unobstructed. Chen herself has purchased a ventilator to use during sleep, and she says it has alleviated her breathing problems. The only drawback is that wearing the plastic mask and tubes to bed can be uncomfortable. For most people, sleep is a time to rest. For Chen, it's an ordeal that wears her out. She's tried all sorts of treatment to no avail. Is there really nothing else that can resolve her long-standing sleep troubles? Now let's make it more difficult. Curl your tongue back, bite down, and not swallow. Not bad. It's getting better. After you do this for some time, the muscles will slowly retract. At the clinic, Taipei Medical University professor Peter Wong watches closely to check the tightness of Chen's tongue muscles. An authority on dental implants, Wang has been working with pulmonologists and ear, nose and throat doctors to research treatments for sleep apnea. Wang says that in most cases, obstructive sleep apnea arises when the throat relaxes during sleep and collapses on the rear of the throat. He's found that orthodontics can be a solution, as they help the tongue stay in place during sleep, leaving airways unobstructed. We need to move the tongue so the epiglottis can stay in place and let air through. Moving the jaw forward and down a little bit will give more room for the tongue to move, preventing it from falling back. We've had results with this. To prevent sleep apnea, patients can use these denture-like bite plates during sleep to gradually reposition the oral cavity. But for the bite plates to be effective, they must be carefully calibrated and positioned on the patient's mouth. Improper positioning causes the treatment to be ineffective in 50% of cases. Many doctors say the success rate for the treatment is just 50%, but that's because when the patient comes, the dentist makes the call. More or less over here, more or less over there. But then, one week later, the patient comes again saying something seems to be wrong. Then they have to grind it off and put it back together again. Wang says interdisciplinary cooperation is essential to increasing the precision of treatment. After all, 
respiratory obstructions affect the nasal cavity, the oral cavity, the trachea, and the thoracic cavity. Already, that's three separate medical specialties. Experts from each field must work together to truly tackle the issue at its core. That's the epiglottis inside our windpipe. So if you continue going in, those are the vocal cords. So if the epiglottis seals the pipe, there is no way to breathe. With an endoscope, Wang and doctors from other medical fields monitored the respiratory tracts of sleeping patients to see how the blockages occur. They collected information and compiled it into a big data archive. The database will help patients in the future, allowing doctors to better judge where the orthodontic bite plates should be located. Today, Chen has come to the dentist to get a 3D scan of her mouth. It's the first step to bite plate treatment. The scan collects data on Chen's oral structure and dental occlusion for the purpose of making bite plates that fit her mouth. After the data is collected, it's entered into a computer. Through big data applications, the computer calculates the ideal placement of the bite plates to hopefully bring Chen's breathing problems to an end. A patient came and we took his measurements. We made him a new set of bite plates. This is after he put them on. You can see just how big the space is. An x-ray shows how, over time, the bite plates open up the patient's windpipe. Thanks to this precision treatment, sleepless nights can become a thing of the past. After I started wearing the bite plates, I had my first good sleep in ages. Li Jiali is 76 years old. She used to experience respiratory obstruction and abdominal compressions, which caused her to wake up every hour to go to the toilet. Now that she's undergone orthodontic treatment, her respiratory tracts no longer become obstructed in her sleep. This allows her to snooze for as long as she wants. Four or five hours had passed at night and I hadn't woke up to pee. Wearing them allowed me to sleep well at night. I was also in better spirits during the day. Her sunny demeanor during the day is all thanks to quality rest at night. But is there any way to prevent developing sleep apnea? Wang says tongue exercises can help. In Japan, one method they use to determine whether someone has begun aging is looking at their tongue. If it's unable to exert a lot of pressure, the tongue begins slumping backward. That's the start of aging. To exercise your tongue, you can start by gently biting the tip of your tongue between your teeth. Then, you close your mouth and swallow. Then you can start performing harder exercises, curling your tongue up and then swallowing. You can practice these two movements until it's effortless. You'll notice that your muscles move to let the air pass through, delivering plenty of oxygen. Patients that do this do report better sleep. Sleep apnea has long had a major impact on people's daily lives. But now, thanks to interdisciplinary work and high-tech bite plates, patients can finally enjoy the sweet relief of a good night's sleep. 
National Formosa University of Yunlin County has a full array of campus restaurants and eateries. One of the most popular is a little stall that sells noodles. It's beloved by students because of its cheap prices and big portions. The owner is an 86-year-old woman called Granny who fusses over the students as if they were family. Standing at the front of the stall is the owner of this little establishment. The customers call her Granny. Order a meal here and you're guaranteed to leave bursting at the seams. It's much cheaper here than anywhere else, and you get more food. It's a pretty good value. This big bowl of braised pork and bamboo shoots is one serving. Granny's stall mainly serves noodles and rice, but college kids come here for the conversation. Even if you're a student who came from another city or county, you don't feel lonely. When I'm around these kids, I can rough them up. If you just stay home by yourself, you get stupid, you get dementia. Granny is 86 years old this year, but she's still as spry as can be. She says that every one of the kids who frequent her restaurant is like her own child, and she fusses over whether they're full or not. Besides cheap meals, her stall is famous for asking patrons to wash up after themselves. Dishes are a DIY affair. More than half the patrons are happy to follow the instructions that read, if there's an empty bowl, please wash it yourself. It's hardly mandatory, but the young customers do so anyway to make life easier on Granny. The students say Granny feels just like their own grandmother. They wish her health, happiness and more thriving business in her corner of Yunling County.